0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Leotis Rashad Boswell-Johnson.
1: You're really putting the government name out there.
0: Listen, I gotta start.
1: And I'm Brianka Wright. (laughs) Whatever.
0: And this is Higher Unlearning.
1: This space where we analyze and reflect different concepts and structures which affect Blackness.
0: This podcast, this platform that we're able to use, um, we're really excited. We're really just to just excited to start and for us to be able to really dive into the different topics that we're discussing. We'll be discussing whew, systems, cultures, ideologies, belief systems. Like, listen, we're touching almost a little bit of everything that, you know, you and your friends or, you know, it might have be a Twitter thread out there on about we're going to touch it, we're going to analyze it and we're going to put like real thought into it and really tie into the work that we've been doing. So we're definitely excited to be able to do that. And we're definitely excited for you to be with us on this journey.
1: Yes. So as we go through this and we drop different nuggets and gems, we also want you to join us in this conversation. So please make sure that you are engaging with us in the comments, DM us on Instagram, comment things on Instagram. Like we really want this to be an open conversation with you all. So please talk to us.
0: <laughs> hit that follow, hit that subscribe, make sure that You're with us this whole time because as we're continuing to grow, we want to make sure that you're growing as well. And you know, never know, you might put a little comment up on the screen. You might see your name in a podcast. We're trying to develop a family here. That's that's our little model. We like to work as a family. So definitely make sure you do all of that.
1: So to start off this podcast, I think we should tell the people a little bit about who we are, how we met, and how did we get here. Who he is. Who he is. So, uh, as I said, I'm Brianka. I graduated from Florida State in 2018 with my bachelor's in both psychology and criminology. Throughout my time in college and since I've graduated, I've worked very closely with kids in different capacities, whether it's within education, youth advocacy, dependency. I've, I've done a lot. And now I'm here.
0: And like I said, my name is Leotis Johnson. I also graduated from Florida State University in 2017 with a degree in criminology, double majored in psychology. I've always been on like a pre-law kind of um, track, but I've found out that I had a passion for working with youth and working with kids. So I kind of mended the two worlds of, you know, working with youth development and also advocating for law. I've done juvenile probation. I've worked in nonprofits. I've done like after school programs, tutoring, teaching, My realm in this field is kind of vast in my very short years of being here. And I'm just really excited to continue to grow and to learn more.
1: So we both met at Florida State through a mutual friend and our friendship really just kind of took off from there. Yeah. I really don't fully understand how we grew to be as close and as even in sync as we are to this day. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me.
0: So an overall theme of this episode is going to be God did it. (laughs) Just God did it. Yeah, because that's honestly the only thing that makes sense in regards to like how we were in very similar spaces. Like I said, we have a mutual friend. She's been my friend since like middle school. Y'all, y'all were like neighbors and then roommates. We both did pageants and for organizations that were related to each other. So like we end up like we kept finding ourselves in space the same spaces without it being intentional like we just happen to really just end up in the same spaces so like i said the overall theme of this episode is god did it and he continued to do it (laughs) because it's that's that's the only thing that really makes sense because it's really nothing that we like intentional it wasn't like oh you saw me oh i'm gonna be his friend and right like it wasn't that wasn't that type of thing
1: right it's definitely divine intervention and then within our friendship I don't know if we had a conversation about our passion with youth or if it's just something that we observed within each other with the different organizations that we were a part of. But the summer before my junior year, I was able to go to this week long camp that FSU hosts called Leadership, And it's supposed to mold people into leaders and be able to challenge them within these different spaces and something that we all did within Leadership is we all had our own initiatives. and something that we wanted to bring back into the real world. So I was in a unique position where I knew I literally had the a platform to do anything that I wanted to do to be able to give back to the community. So I decided that I wanted to create a mentoring program. So I asked a bunch of men in my life, like, hey, what are some things that young men of color are lacking in today or that they could strengthen. And I got a bunch of different responses. Um, I did research myself. And then I, when I came back from leadership, I was so excited. And I was like, Leo, like I have this project for us. And it really just grew from there. And that's, that's the beginning of sense of sophistication.
0: Yeah. Cause before she even, before I, she came or whatever, she didn't know this, but having a mentor program on my own is something that I've, Really, always wanted to do. I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida, and the environment is one of those type of cities that the resources are there for certain populations. And if you don't know, you just don't know. So I was in a population where I just didn't know. You know, I had a great uh, foundation with my family that helped me stay astray, but like a lot of my classmates, a lot of my neighbors, like a lot of my friends, they didn't have that same opportunity, those same privileges. So I wanted to be able to create a space. Four of those kids. Like, that's something I've always wanted to do. So, when Brie came, that was like a, all right, bet. You know, another little moment where we, I was like, we finna make this work. And we really started making stuff shake. Susan Sophistication, it's a mentor program. We started in 2016. That summer, we grinded, (laughs) we worked out, we wrote curriculums, we figured out the order of values that we wanted we hit up different mentors, we we interviewed different schools that we could, like, go into. That first year was really just a a year of moving through our passion. Like, we allowed our passion to move us and to guide us. Even though we had no, like, <laughs> no guidance, no, like, idea of how to do this, we didn't speak to body, nobody about, how do you run a program? We're like, how do you build this? We just did it. And to this day, that first year is something that's, very special, very, very special, like in my heart and just the existence of the program itself.
1: Yes, it, it set a standard for us for sure. And it's one of those things that you really just can't explain. Like if anyone were to say like, how did y'all do this? I don't know, <laughs> we just did it. It just it just kind of happened. So as we said, that, that was in 2016. And then from there, after that first year is when we really started to come across a lot of different challenges when it came to sense of sophistication. That first year was Leotice's last year at FSU, so afterwards, you know, he moved on to do other things. And because we were so in sync when it came to that first year, moving out of passion out of instinct and out of just seeing a need and wanting to fulfill it, that next year trying to transfer that passion to other people, it wasn't always communicated in the best manner. And then even in years after it was very difficult to be able to run the program in the same manner that we did the first year. So long story short, we ended up having to push pause when it came to SOS because it wasn't functioning in a way that was beneficial to us. And it wasn't beneficial to the kids anymore. And at least for me, out of that, us having to push pause, it kind of made me question, like, what are we really doing? Is Are we even supposed to be doing this? Like. Yes, it worked out the first year, but was it just supposed to be a one-year thing? like, Or were we supposed to be able to continue this? But out of that low moment, out of that ultimately pushing pause within SOS, we were able to create another platform, which brings us to you all. <laughs> so within this platform, it's called Raising Royalty, and it has three different pillars. So within that, we have our podcast, Higher Unlearning. Hello, y'all. But we also have our Young King Summits, where we are able to take what we do with an SOS, which is usually a year-long curriculum, and break it down into like a four to five hour day or possibly a weekend Mm -hmm. so that it's more mobile. We can travel with the work that we do and ultimately impact more people. And then the third pillar is our merchandise, but that's coming in the spring. So when that launches, we will let you all know.
0: And this project is something that we are very excited to start. We have Honestly, the amount of support that we've been able to receive from so many different people from so many different like areas, whether they be like past mentors, parents, family, um, friends, just maybe even teachers that we old co-workers, like they really pushed us and they really like encouraged us to continue the work that we were doing and they helped reaffirm that what we were doing, despite all like the hiccups and you know. The moments of doubt, the low moments, they reconfirm for us that like our impact is important. The work that we do is important. And we just had to find different ways to do it, which why we're so excited to see this and like really see this launch. So this episode, this being our first episode, we want let, to like, let y'all see into our lives, see who we are by playing a little game. We're playing <laughs> a couple of games here. The first game. So you remember in middle school when you and your crush would be on the phone and y'all trying to play <laughs> 20 questions? Um, <laughs> that's what we want to play we're finna to play like 20 questions but it's not 20 it's, but we want to answer some questions that's going to give y'all kind of an understanding of who we are our ideologies what we believe and what really brought us to this space to give context to the different things that we're going to speak about later on in, in the show so this first question it's real simple right what is your perception of the black man in one word
1: first of all that's not a simple question <laughs> So thank you for lying to me. Um, The word I'm thinking of doesn't fully capture what I mean. The word that comes to mind is majestic, but I don't mean in the sense of like magical or ethereal. I mean, in the sense of like powerful beyond what the mind can even imagine. So my word with a whole bunch of dashes is powerful beyond what the mind can imagine. Because I can't, I can't think of one word that really embodies what
0: I'm trying to say. I'll step between two words, abstract and complex. Abstract, because, you know, looking, thinking of like abstract art, you look at it and everyone has some type of understanding and it can be completely different. But when you look at it, it's really up to you to, to interpret what that image is saying to you. And Blackness does that blackness from the outside looks so many different ways and people try to like paint their own like description or like make it make sense to them and you know sometimes they write on the money other times they they weigh left so like i think of abstract i also think of complex because it's not easy it's it's a beauty in it but it's also a sadness a part of it there's so many parts of it that is like sad and like upsetting and confronting and there's dark parts of Blackness, but there's also such a unique mm-hmm. beauty in all of it outside of the struggle.
1: I like abstract. Yeah. I definitely like abstract. As The idea of a lot of people believe that b- being Black is can only be presented one way. And if you stray from that in any manner, like, are you really Black? Mm-hmm. Right. So being able to explain that Blackness in itself Yeah,
0: the whole question of Is abstract and... I
1: think that's beautiful Well put <laughs> Okay Next question Because we put All the heavy hitters first <laughs> well, for whatever reason The next question is What Black tradition Value Or belief Has had the greatest influence Over
0: your life? Um, this one is kind of simple for me Because it's my family uh, My family And food Family food We eat <laughs> If you know anything about us, we cook, we eat, we will, and we're, a, it's just that fellowship and it could be a birthday. It could be a graduation. It could be like someone giving birth. We're going to eat and that's, we're going to celebrate. That's how we fellowship with each other. And it's just those moments in the kitchen where us working together, us setting up for our functions and like just how we set up. We go all out. Like we, you know, we have themes for our our gatherings and things like that. And it can be as complex and like as big as that, or it can really just be as simple. as, Oh, I'm cooking this dinner and inviting a couple cousins over. It's like my family, we've always done that. Like Mother's Day, we have a Mother's Day brunch. We have a we have a um for Valentine's Day, we have the love brunch. So it's something that like me moving to a different state, I really do miss because like that fel- that level of fellowship is really rare. Families don't really do that that often. Like you don't see that like, see it as often and frequent that families, like, get together and, like, really celebrate each other like that. So I I do miss it being away, um, but it also gives me a reason to always go home.
1: Yeah. I'd have to say family is mine, too. Every memory that I can think of when it comes to my childhood involves my family, whether it's coming together for holidays, like, and, like, us all sitting around the table, setting the table. Like, it's just, it's the little things, you know? The conversations that we would have, being able to decorate the tree together for Christmas, like it's it's definitely the little things. And then going off to college and those first couple of years, I didn't have a car, so I wasn't able to go home as often. It was definitely a lot harder and a a huge transition. And it just reminded me the impact that my family has had on me and will always continue to have on me. So yeah, yeah. family, for sure.
0: Something that's I've known, but it's just now kind of guess hitting. My family taught me how to love and my family taught me how to show love. So in just different spaces, people always like complimenting me on being very authentic and like very, I could be very nurturing sometimes, like just naturally. And that's that's my mother. That's my grandmother. That's that's just how they show. That's just how they are. So they taught me how to love and they taught me how to show love and show appreciation. Um, I'm not as like friendly as my mom and my mom and my grandma are. But you know, my dad—he's still there. So that's that's, the part of, that's <laughs> that part—that's him. That but you of know you him you me.
1: recognize your shortcomings,
0: so there's room for growth. Listen, it's protection. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta—you gotta people out of arm's length. My daddy taught me a lot. <laughs> um. So next question: Uh, what is one of the most dangerous self-defeating concepts affecting the black community?
1: I don't know why we didn't ease into these questions, y'all.
0: We didn't. Um, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> they get easier after this. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> All right. I guess we just have to jump the hurdle and then the rest is smooth sailing. Self-defeating concept. I got to choose one. Just one. Just, just one. OK, I'm going to say a topic that we're going to be discussing in one of our future episodes, but it's conceptual incarceration. And this was a term that I learned in one of my classes, one of my criminology classes. And it's the idea of people, to put it in plain, it's the idea of people limiting their mental capacities. So whether that be not allowing yourself to have a a growth mindset, not allowing yourself to learn more about different topics, just really being fixed and set in where you are. Mentally, And I think that that's probably one of the biggest things that really hinders us as a people because our information isn't just handed to us. We really have to go out and search for it. We have to search for different opportunities, different experiences. And if we don't have an open mindset and and the will and drive to really want to obtain that information, we're not going to have it. So I think that's definitely one of the biggest self-defeating concepts.
0: I look. You agree, like limitation. I was gonna say limitation, um, and it was a limitation of, I was gonna say limitation slash insecurities. Mm-hmm. So like not feeling good enough in certain spaces, or not feeling like you can get into those spaces. So and even kind of going it backwards, not feeling like you can get into certain spaces. But if you do end up in those spaces, then not feeling good enough or as mm-hmm. not if you be- as if you belong, like you are supposed to be in that space, because. um... Imposter syndrome is a is it's a thing it, and it's hurt. It, it's a lie, it's heavy and I feel like a big part is like you have to fight past these limitations that what we can't do. There's a system against us. There's a da da da. It's hard. It's really hard. Like you have to fight past the limitations. You have to really encourage yourself to think about that life is limitless. And that's hard when you're taught all your life that you have limits on you. Right. And then you get into this space that one is n- not made for you and then 2 hasn't been encouraged for you beforehand to enter and you're trying to continue to succeed but you don't know how to function you don't know how to move so you're finding yourself in this limbo of trying to be like I'm trying to succeed and I feel like it happens a lot with first generation college students cuz like you leave your neighborhood and you know to your cousins to your family your neighbors you're the one who made it out you're you're that one and then you get up there and you're struggling because you don't that guidance is really not there but you're trying really, really hard to make sense of it all. And you don't want to tell no one at home that you're failing. You don't want to right. tell nobody at home that you're going through it because you, you're the one that people are looking out to be like, oh, you did it. You Like you're that example now. So it's just like, it's that whole balance of trying to like one, get over your limitations and then two, imposter syndrome in regards to feeling worthy enough to be in that space.
1: Mm-hmm. The other idea that I was kind of like, battling between which one I wanted to choose kind of plays into the idea of worth. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we tie our worth to material things, not fully understanding one, our own worth, and then two, the value of a dollar. So for whatever reason within our culture, it's been taught to us that the way that you show your wealth or your value is through how you dress or the different designers that you wear, the car that you drive, um, but not understanding that in order to gain true wealth, you have to invest and you have to gain assets and you have to invest your money in things that will appreciate over time. Ownership. Honestly, there's so many different things that could go into...
0: Yeah, it's, there's- it's a lot. Because I was going to say the idea of longevity is not taught like the the value of longevity isn't taught mm-hmm. now you know our generation we're seeing a that shift of being able to like you know you see people they're kind of preaching um of wanting to create generational wealth and breaking generational curses like we're seeing our generation making those fights um right. and really being very public and open with it And i feel like it's very encouraging and it's necessary we just got to be careful how we do it and yeah like, because if you do it in a flaunting type of way it's like you can discourage a lot of people because if you're flaunting it's a good end it's a like isn't showing that i'm not you're not here but you can be type of thing if you do x y z versus like a i'm gonna teach you how to do this Mm -hmm. so yes preach longevity preach uh generational wealth but teach it as well don't just preach it just like truly teach it and like be a shepherd and really like tell people how to do it. Hey, be a shepherd. <laughs> Word.
1: Yes. But that will all come, that will all come with time though. Cause this is, mm-hmm. it's not a new concept. It's not a new practice, but in a sense it's new when it comes to like this, in this new wave, it's, it's trending now to for yeah. people to want to start their own investment portfolio and to be investing in the foreign exchange market and to be, you know, Buying things that are against the norm for our age group, so as we start to normalize this behavior, I think that it will be a lot easier for it to be taught. but unfortunately a lot it's going to a lot of people's heads, and it's it really is discouraging people from wanting to to join mm-hmm. yeah okay. I'm glad we got those hard questions out the way. <laughs> now you're going to be able to see a little bit more really about us where we're trying to move. So, my first question for you
0: is: What are you passionate about? Ooh, um, passions, passions. <laughs> um, I'm passionate in showing potential. So, like, a lot of times from outside, we're working with kids. You can see a potential, right? Mm-hmm. I use like, like, oh, this kid has this potential to do this. Like, a lot of times we see it. But I'm passionate about showing them that potential, that moment where that kid can now see that, oh, I can do this. Like, oh, shit, like that's all this is available to me. Now, like opening that door to what they're really potential about potential, like that they have the potential to do. That's what I'm passionate about. I love those moments. Like, I love seeing that. I love seeing that realization. I love seeing just that openness and then not just seeing it, then moving it towards it actively. And like strongly moving towards it, and like really acting and living in their potential. I love that. I love being able to to do it. And it's a hard passion because it's easy to get disappointed. Because it work with the kids we work with. Sometimes they just don't want to see it, or sometimes they can't see it. Um, they're too deep in their mess. Life is too heavy for them to see it. So it can be heartbreaking sometimes. But that's what that's what really makes me like smile and like like. I feel good when one of my kids was like, I did this or like I I can see this now.
1: Mm. I wasn't expecting you to say that. I was expecting you to say more of like the overarching, oh my passion is working with kids and da, 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 da. <laughs> Listen, But okay. I can't even say that. <laughs> I'll uh I'll follow suit then, going a little deeper. My passion is probably um learning the why behind things. I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> Do okay you didn't have to co-sign but I've 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 always asked a lot of questions like I remember being very little I was in the car with my dad I don't know where we were going what we were doing but we were talking about something and I just kept asking him everything he said I kept asking him questions like why or how does that happen or did you ever think about this and he was like why are you asking so many questions and I was like I just want to know but me wanting to understand the why behind. It's little things like why people think the way that they do or what made someone do different actions that they've done, like either on a regular basis or like a one-time situation, like just really understanding why. Because when you understand why you do something or why you think the way that you do, especially if it's something that's unhealthy or not beneficial for you, it's easier for you to be able to adapt habits that will be better for you because you can understand the root behind why something is occurring. And I think that it's not taught enough at all. Like in schools, children in general aren't understanding their why and really taking that time to be self-aware. Actually it's (laughs) self-awareness. That's my passion. (laughs) Self-awareness because that encompasses your why that encompasses your purpose, like everything that goes into who you are and what makes you who you are is embodied in that. So self-awareness.
0: And that, that aspect of questioning and reflection and deep thought is also something that is not taught in traditional schools. It's, it's right. very rarely taught in the home itself. Like a lot of times your self-reflection or your moments of deep thought is equated to prayer, which praying is good. But you need a moment to be able to, one, what are you praying for? What are you praying about? Like all of that, that goes back to reflection, Right. So, like, if you it just that encouraging of really teaching how to get to that why or like how to get to those moments of reflection. So that's that's good, real good. I try, you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next question: What is your dream career?
1: So, before I explain that, I'm going to explain my why. So, the summer before my freshman year in high school. I remember being in the kitchen, the news was on the TV and one of my friends, his mugshot appeared on the screen and they reported that he had just shot and killed his dad. And it was completely out of character for him. Like it didn't make sense because he was truly such a joy. Every time that I saw him, he was so happy. He was an artist. Uh, We were in chorus together, like every interaction I had with him was joyful. So to hear of this incident being so out of character for him and it didn't I didn't understand why. So as his case began to unravel, I started doing more research in his family and the history within the home, and I realized that his older brother had committed suicide. His mother had a lot of mental health issues and his dad was a retired marine. I don't know if that had anything to do with his interaction with his dad, but I know um just from me being around different people who have retired from the military, if you have PTSD and you don't really get a handle on how that affects your day-to-day, it can be very detrimental both to that person and their family. And throughout the different court proceedings No one addressed the history within the home. No one addressed the mental health needs of the family. And mind you, we were 14 at the time. He's still incarcerated. He has, I think, four or five more years. So all of this time where he would have been learning, going to school, going to college, really figuring out who he is, he's been incarcerated and possibly not even had the opportunity to deal with whatever mental health needs he may have had. So I share that because my dream career is I want to be, I'm going to be a psychologist and I want to be able to create evidence-based assessment and intervention strategies to implement both in education and detention centers so that our kids are Supported within their mental health journeys, and being able to be more self-aware, so that if they come across different circumstances where they may have to act off of instinct, it's already ingrained in them to have more healthy habits versus just impulsive ones.
0: Well, I'll follow suit and say my why in regards to like why I do this work. So, growing up, I've always been to like the neighborhood school, like um. The, you know, the school that's real close to your neighborhood, um, the, you know, I almost always was the walk to school and the school I went to, my high school was not known as like the best of high schools. Like, I remember people in middle school asking me, like, why are you going there? Um, like, you could have gone to this school and this school, but the school had a law program and I've always wanted to be a lawyer. So I was like, that's the program that I, I need to go into. Um, so I had a friend who was in the program with me and even though he was in the program, he got into a lot of trouble. Uh he was he was gang affiliate. He was in a lot of stuff, but we were real cool. He was very, very smart. And he um it was like he didn't really do his work. Like sometimes he was, you know, he's been threatening to get out of the program. And one day in class he just he decided to come and he was answering all the questions correctly and like doing his work. And we was talking, and was I was just asking like, why doesn't he do this on a regular? Like, why don't he just put a little bit more effort in? Like, he clearly can do it. He said that his life did not extend past where it was. Like, he didn't really see him being anything really bigger than in the situation he was. It was so heavy for him that he didn't see it. So, like, for a long time, he really like he literally just simply said, "That's not me." Like, that's literally that's as simple as he's put it, and. It didn't really make sense. I was just like, you know, we're both in the same environment. You know, everybody thought it was like, you know, you want to get out. But I can't, can't say, like, at a point, you know, at that time, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, I remember I was a a sophomore in college. And I started seeing on on Facebook. And one of my best friends, he hit me up and told me that he got killed. Not that my friend from high school got killed. Um, They found his body. He was involved in the shootout. And I was just like, damn. That's literally like a soul, a heart, a life that could have changed so many other lives, but there wasn't enough barriers. There wasn't enough things put into his implemented into his life to really pour into that, and like to really like see it get done. And that was heartbreaking because I like even as now as adult, I don't want to see that. I if every kid I see that's very similar, I want to pour into. I want to like to dive into. And it's hard because you really, you can't do it, like, to everyone. And that's you can, but everyone's not going to get the result that you want. So that aligns with my why. My dream career is, I don't know if it's a name. I don't know what to call it. I just see myself as an advocate. Currently in law school, um, this is my last year, and I want to practice juvenile law. But I don't see myself at, like, I don't see my dream career as being a lawyer. I don't see my, like, being a lawyer. Like that's not it. I really see myself being able to go into different spaces and really advocating for change and implementing, helping implement different things. And I know I could go into policy, but that's not fast enough for me. I really want to be like hands-on, like in the face of like, all right, I need to see this move. Like X, Y, and Z happen. That's not okay. And I need to see like B happen. I really just want to see like implementation to education to the juvenile justice system, to like foster system, like just these different systems that touch the lives of young people. I need to see like real change in it. So whatever that's called, I don't know, but my dream career aligns with advocacy of youth, youth advocacy.
1: So speaking on career, what has been, if it's different than your why, like, please let us know if it's the same, you know, that's cool too. But what has been the biggest influence on your career?
0: I would say just my environment, like things that I grew up seeing. Um, like yes, it aligns with my why. Um, but it's it's my friends who are still in Palm Beach. It's it's my family members who've been arrested however many times, or like who aren't even with us anymore. Like I've seen a lot of people go to jail or go to prison or be killed, and that's once one of the biggest influence because it starts at a young age. Like it starts like when they're kids. A lot of things a lot of trauma a lot of like just hardship starts when you're young but because you're a kid and also the parent is also going through stuff they don't acknowledge what the kids are going through so that's just having that realization and that understanding that kids are very malleable and they have the ability to change and grow and to like overcome if the right seeds are planted and then watered it's really my biggest influence on my career
1: i would say my biggest influence my why is a huge part of it. And then just being able to see glimpses of my friend and some of the kids that we work in definitely continues to to push me. But I would say that my why stems, I mean, my, my biggest influence stems from my family. My granddad was a pastor, um, so I grew up watching him go above and beyond caring for people like I didn't realize that what he did wasn't necessarily within the realm of his duties but he genuinely cared for the people within his congregation and whether it was going to visit them at their house going to visit them in the hospital calling them and praying for them he really gave his all to his to his people and then of course my mom being his daughter that's also something that I've seen in her. She's a psychologist and she's a reflection of him in that manner. And she gives her all to her clients. She genuinely loves what she does and she's damn good at it <laughs> too. So me continuing in the right legacy, it would only be right for me.
0: Wow. You see what I did there? Wow! The right legacy. Wow. It would
1: only be right for me to continued to do something that would pour into people. And again, that was what was modeled for me. So it's almost second nature to just want to give. But I give a little bit differently than them. But they have had the biggest influence over me, for sure. Because I'm a right. What you mean?
0: <laughs> okay. Miss <laughs> Wright. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pending doctor Wright. So let's... All right. So explain the time where you failed. All
1: right. So um, this is more of like a long-term fail. Like it's like, it wasn't just like something happened and then I recovered. It was more so something happened. I never really addressed it. And then I continued to fall on my face. So I would say that this started my sophomore year of college. I I was in a pageant <laughs> and I the way that I move when I'm when I'm <laughs> really into something, I give my all and I wanted to win this pageant. So if that meant that I had to miss class, if that meant that I had to pull all nighters, if that meant that I'm practicing when other people are sleeping or when they've already left, I was going to do so. And I did. And because of that, I ended up failing a class, but I didn't fail the class because I got low test scores or I whatever. It was, um, at the time I was minoring in Spanish and within Spanish classes, you could only miss, I think like four or five classes. And I missed more than that. So my way of kind of trying to remedy the situation was I had my friend create a doctor's note. The doctor's note looked good, even though it was forged. Don't do this. This is so
0: (laughs) illegal. Don't do this. College is about finessing. (laughs) It's about finessing.
1: (laughs) But I got caught. That's the issue. Um, so, my friend created the doctor's note, but I think I had I had either didn't change a date or the date didn't match something. I, I I missed something pretty much. So when I sent it to the professor, she called the place and they told them that I wasn't I hadn't been there. First of all, that violates HIPAA. You're not supposed to be sharing stuff like that. So I could have called her back and sued. <laughs> but anyway, so. Ended up failing the class because I presented false documentation and that got on my record. So also during that time, I, I think that was the start of like a, I don't want to say a mental breakdown, but like I wasn't in the best mental state and I just kept kind of brushing it off by trying to continue to achieve. But it caught back up with me my junior year and then again, my senior year. And long story short, I almost ended up not graduating because of me, one, trying to take shortcuts to be able to get where I was trying to go, but two, not addressing what I had going on internally. So I, I say that's a time where I failed because all the signs were there. My, the, my roommates continuously called me out like, Brie, like you need to go you need to go to the counseling center or you need to t- push pause for a second. You need to really take a step back and figure out what what are you doing? Because you're not moving the way that you need to. And it was easier for me to not address it because as long as I'm going to class, as long as I'm getting okay grades, I'm doing enough to pass, I'm good. But when I tell you, I literally almost didn't graduate. Like I had to have a meeting in front of the um I don't know what it's called, but it's like the academic board, something, something. I wasn't on uh, academic probation, but I was in jeopardy of not graduating. So listen to your body. <laughs> listen to your close friends because they are, they're trying friends, to I help say, you.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, that was, that was almost, that was a huge fail, but that could have been
0: so much worse. What about you? Um, I will, whoo, where, Where? how? how? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Let me, um... I'm gonna start with I'm a, I'm gonna follow like I'm gonna follow you lead again in regards to talking about like a long term type of thing. So it starts with a friendship that it was an old friendship. We were friends in high school. I think he's like a year younger than me. We was real close in high school. You know, I, I graduated with Florida State. He wanted to come to Florida State, so he came a year after me. Um that summer, he came during the summer. Um so I let him stay in my like my apartment, but like College, you know, student apartments. Like you have your room, is where you, your, your. It's like your domain, I guess. So he lived like he stayed in my room with me, and I was going through it like my first two years of college. I ain't had no car. I was broke. I, you know, I had to try to like I end up getting a job, but then I had to like try to finesse to to get to work and all this stuff, like the hassle of just really trying to learn how to be an adult. So he'll be my friend. I used to talk to him a lot and like tell him like about my woes and like what I'm going through and all that stuff, and he would be like yeah you know bro I can't wait to get up there I can help you with this and that's why I da that da, da. and I was like bet so like I I latched on to his his word for the most part like him saying that I that was those are the expectations I set from for him but when he got up there that he'll be able to help me and it didn't happen like it he ended up rightfully so he ended up going to, like coming up there and kind of forging a life for himself you know he ended up getting a girlfriend he ended up finding his own friend groups and you know, I was trying to get involved in the stuff that I was getting, I was in, you know, I was trying to introduce him to my people, like me being up there. And for me, I was like, I'm being a good friend. That's how I was really, like, I'm being a good friend. I'm introducing you to all these people, all this stuff. And my fail in all of it was that I did not, one, give him space to be his own individual. And I have I held him too strongly to, I unrightfully held him too to strongly to uh, expectation that Yes, even though he said this, I should have known that as me already being in that space that certain things wasn't going to, like, to sustain. Like, I should have given him that space in that room to be able to really, like, go out, explore. That's what college is about. Um, Really make his own life. So that friendship ended up, like, dying out. And it it started dying out because the summer going into... I don't remember what... I think it was the summer right before my junior year. My grandmother passed. And... When I got back, to I was I was in Palm Beach. So when I got back, I was it was rough because her she was she was the matriarch of my family. She was my great great grandmother. So she she when she passed, she was the matriarch of my family. And I literally in the through the the week span of like her funeral prep and all that stuff, I saw things crumble. Like I seen family members argue. I seen people like almost fighting. I seen things literally crumble. Like cousins about to go at it. And for me, like growing up in a very tight knit family, that was very different. So getting back when I got back to like back to Tallahassee, I was in a, kind of in a rough space. Definitely was drinking a lot. Um, I was wilding a a bit, and you know, I was. I think I I lost my keys one time. Like my, my whole key, like the whole lanyard with the key and everything with my car and all of that. I had a car by then. <laughs> I lost that whole thing. And again, him with my being my friend, I had this invitation of like, why aren't you helping me? And I allow all those ill feelings and all those that that all of that to justify not only us being friends, but being being very, very angry with him like very, very long time. I come from a fighting background. I used to fight a lot as a kid um, and I really wanted to fight him. I really want to put my hands on him. <clears throat> but, you know, thankfully, things weren't, you know, things that happened. We didn't fight, but I allowed that to be my my, my thing. Like, I just like, I didn't want no more friends. I didn't want, I didn't want to lean on nobody. And I became really, really distant. I, from that point, I really only can like made very like superficial, um, connections with people. Um, I started, that's like the beginning of like a depression for me that lasted way too long. Um, I never went help. I hid it very, very well. Like a lot of people who knew me like in college did not know, do not know to this day that I was going through that space. And it was just, it spells in like how you said, multiple different realms. I could have, I could have handled the friend, the friendship part differently. I could have got help when I needed to get help. I could have like leaned onto something different, but I didn't, and it led me to like get into a point where I almost, I convinced myself that I did not have a reason to live. Like I did not care or put value to my life at all. So I literally almost gave up my life and gave up my existence because of the space that I could have really fixed. Um, I could have like, tried to get help. I, tr- I could have, There's a lot of things in the midst I could have done, but I didn't. So that was a fail. Cause even as now, I still have those moments. Like I still have like days, it's hard to wake up. It's like, I had days I I really want to drop out of school. And if I addressed it earlier, it would have been easier now to work and cope with it. But shout out for growth. Cause As I get older and more mature is I'm learning how to handle and deal with certain things a lot better.
1: You said something and I can't let you, um, I can't, I can't let you go. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I can't, I can't, I can't not address it. You said that your depressive state lasted too long. I understand what you meant by that in the sense of like, if you had gotten help, Mm -hmm. you could have been in a better mental state quicker. but depression isn't a one-time thing, especially if you are clinically diagnosed with being depressed, that's a chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance. So understanding that one, it's a process to get back to neutral, but two, you're going to consistently have those low moments. And it's just a matter of kind of, like you said, trying to figure out how to move within those spaces and to finding Healthy coping mechanisms, so that you can bring yourself back to that neutral space, so don't view that situation as part of your fail being in that depressive state for too long because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as that you understand what I'm saying yeah,
0: yeah. and that's uh, that's a part of the growth, I guess that's the part of me being able to realize this, oh that wasn't just a phase, that's literally like it was a beginning of a catalyst, or whatever and yeah. Um, the fail wasn't necessarily the length of it. The fail was like how, like you were saying, how we both said not doing the proper things in the midst of it or even the beginning phases of it to be able to help remedy different spaces. Yeah.
1: Cause I, yeah, this, this week in itself was a low moment for me. So
0: it's definitely this, dirty. Yeah. This whole week I was like. Energy just off. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> Get up. Yeah. Out, out the bed. Not sleep. Like what? So it's definitely, and listen, like I said, podcast, welcome. This is yeah. our stories. This is literally our journey. Um, We are still very much young, but we are very transparent. We're very open. And these are all conversations that we have. So thank, like I said, thank y'all. Um, And this is a good view of what y'all are going to get from us. Mm-hmm.
1: So hopefully this is a no judgment zone. So we can continue to be vulnerable. Y'all can be vulnerable with us. Listen. Because um, <laughs> we, the stories that we just shared, a lot of people don't know them. To this day, I don't even know if my mom knows, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: just thank you for allowing us to share. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs>
0: you know, if you come sideways, you will get blocked. <laughs> OK, what's the next question? What is one aspect in your life you wish to grow in
1: right now? <laughs> my discipline. <laughs> um, I don't know why my life is either I'm juggling the entire world or I have literally nothing going on. But for whatever reason, whenever I ha- I'm juggling everything, I have a really hard time allocating my time correctly. And I have a hard time being able to give the same amount of effort to everything that I'm doing. Like when it comes to something like this, something I enjoy doing, some- well, I don't always enjoy it, mm-hmm. but something that I can, something that I want to do. Like I, I want to do this regardless if I enjoy it or not. Yeah. I could do this literally all day, every day. But when it comes to something that I need to do, that I may not necessarily want to do, it's a lot harder for me to uh, to focus on that. So I I need to work on my discipline for sure.
0: Discipline is yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I I've been saying I'm gonna go to the gym for the last five years and it ain't working. It's not aligning. Um, <laughs> I just want to just to pay for something because I don't like to waste money. So I'm gonna just pay for something, and that way I'm gonna have to go. But discipline in general is just, it's something I need to focus on, especially within this, like, I need to get in to create good habits now in my last year of law school so I can practice successfully, but also healthily, like, do it, like, in in a healthy way. So I got a year to get my life together.
1: (laughs) We're going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. Okay, so the last question for this section, I'm going to ask it, but before you give your answer, I need you to Explain the question to the people. Okay. So the question is, what is your black is king?
0: So black is king. Um, you know, recently just came out and it's a work of art. <laughs> it's just the amount of effort, the amount of intentionality that went into it, the uh just the energy, the the music, the choreography, the details, the history, It's such a body of work. That is so well done and intentional and just thought out. That this question is regarding is like, what type of product or project do you want to be able to produce that has that same type of intentionality, that same type of impact? Um, so I've been thinking about this question since I first heard it from another podcast, and so with like how we were saying at the beginning of this, one of the pillars is the Young King Summits, where we go and we do a like a day weekend or whatever of bringing the same type of workshops. And things to um to different spaces, communities. I want to do like a Young King summit tour, like across the country. So I want to hit multiple cities and I want it to be like every summit to be a weekend in multiple cities. So I want to like a weekend in Palm Beach, a weekend in Tallahassee, a weekend in, in Atlanta, a weekend in D C. Like, I want to hit a like maybe like what a month long or however long like tour of of just going to different of different cities. Um within that, in each city, I want to get, before we get there, I want to um get like a list of the name of the kids and like do like a like a scholarship type of thing, like where they write a bio or just answer some type of questions and pick one kid from each city and do like a whole like story around them. Like I want to like like of course, like throughout the summits, I'm gonna be recording the summits and doing like a kind of like a doc. A documentary or dark series something something but with each city i want to pick a kid to be a focus
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i want them to be able to be able to highlight their life and before we leave that city i want to be able to bless them in a very tremendous way i want to like have like whatever that is whatever that blessing looks like i want to be able to do that and that's what i want to like you know of course put all of it together with, with the nice little uh, darker series um and be able to present it to the world but the big part of it is really to be able to go to these different cities and bless these different kids in a way that makes a very long lasting like impact. Hmm.
1: So I know y'all heard his uh, Black is King. Um, understand that comes with a huge money price tag. So um, <laughs> understand that we are taking donations. We are taking any grants, any offerings, even if it's simply supplies. You know, we um we appreciate it with an open hand.
0: <laughs> listen, <laughs> you have to bless others so they can bless others. I don't know. I feel like that's in the Bible somewhere. Somewhere, <laughs> God say bless somebody so they can bless others. So, <laughs> oh
1: goodness. Um, I've been so focused on my right now that I haven't really mm-hmm. given a lot of thought to what project I would want to bring to what we do. Um, I guess the first thing that popped into my head had to do with mindfulness like the the aspect of controlling your breath, meditating, kind of clearing your mind. It's a practice that I've been working to implement into my daily routine. I speak about it a lot with one of my close friends because she's a lot more advanced into it than I am. But I, I first learned the impact of mindfulness maybe last year when I was working within a high school Right before the standardized testing period, we started to do different breathing exercises with the kids. And of course, anytime you introduce something new to kids, they start laughing, they get really uncomfortable and squeamish, and it's just, they make it really awkward. They make it a lot more difficult than it needs to be. (laughs) But as we started getting closer to the test, and even on the day of the test, a lot of them, I saw them like closing their eyes or like putting their head on their desk and breathing, like really trying to calm Mm -hmm. their nerves and connect their mind to their body so that when it came time to perform, there were no other distractions. Um, That's something that I want to be able to first learn myself, but also be able to bring that to other space. Yo, I just realized this. So I went to a Montessori school growing up and they would make us do these I don't know what it was called, but every morning before the day would start, and even if we had like a test or something, we would all go outside and we would face what direction does the sun rise? I'm
0: not gonna lie to these people or you. <laughs>
1: <I>. <laughs> East or west, whatever way the sun comes up. And we would have, we would stand there and like cross our hands and hold our ears and then do squats. And as we were squatting, we would be breathing. And it had something to do with. Like the crossing had something to do with connecting your right and left hemisphere of your brain. The breathing obviously helps to calm your nerves and get your body in sync. And then the squatting was a motion to help connect everything together. And after we would do these exercises, we all felt a lot more calm, um, less anxious, just more serene in general. I didn't even realize that they were teaching us mindfulness. Mindfulness.
0: Yes.
1: yeah. What? So yes. Yes, now we have to bring this to to our work because I didn't even realize that that's mm-hmm. something that I was taught so young.
0: It's wow. very, very important and something that's very hard to do. Um, like, I know personally, like my mind is literally always running. Like, sleeping is literally like a fantasy to me at this point. Like, I would love to be able to like lay down and just go to sleep. But I lay down and think about so many different things. Yeah. Like, con- my brain is constantly running. So like that be with that practice of knowing how to calm your brain um and focus is uh is something that is a very important skill that we need to know. I'm going to try to do that before bed. <laughs> I feel like I'm choking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this next part here is it's like a rapid fire but boom. It's a fill in the blank. So we going to give a little little prompt fill in the blank with the first word, phrase or whatever that pops in your head. Kay. All right? Okay. All right. I recently realized that my black ass is too old for blank. I'm still young.
1: <laughs> I, okay, no. I Okay. I'm too old for um, ordering off the kids menu and um, getting the, like, the little coloring book things. But I enjoy
0: those, so. You were too old a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Just random day drinking. My liver is not in college no more. And I cannot just drink and then think i'm gonna go about the rest of my day like it's normal it's not i'm gonna be drunk all day or i'm gonna need a nap so i'm too old to do random day drinking (laughs) with to, to have like things to do afterwards
1: okay my friends think i'm weird because i eat blank with blank
0: nothing i eat is weird i everything makes sense so i feel the same way i don't know i really do feel the same way like the most i look at ocd so everything has to be in a in a very particular and specific way, but other than that, like I feel like everything. So your
1: out. food doesn't touch. So do you even mix anything?
0: No, my food. Oh yeah, my food can definitely touch and make you know the mac and cheese yeah. and yams perfect, like all that. Yeah, I could mix, but it has to be certain things. Like I hate when the the juice from the collard greens start leaning over to things.
1: Yeah, collard um, greens. juice be real disrespectful. Yeah.
0: Spectful. I hate soggy food so like that also throws me off texture is a really big thing so if I'm warming something up like fried chicken or something like you try to warm up a fried food or something and it's not warmed up all the way and it's still the breading is I can't eat it I will literally throw it away like I can't
1: yeah I can't think of nothing everything that I eat makes sense to me so
0: the biggest misconception about me is
1: a lot of people think that I mean like I'm standoffish anything else that people might think about me they haven't told me so that's the, that's what I get the most. I get, you look intimidating and I thought that you were mean, which I, neither, I, I'm five foot nothing. And I, my smile takes <laughs> up my entire face,
0: but I look intimidating and mean. I've gotten the mean thing, but I can be mean sometimes. It's just a different type of energy that needs to, what? <laughs> a misconception is um, people that think I'm friendly, which, cause I don't like be randomly talked to. <laughs> Like, if I'm in an elevator or if I'm just minding my business, I hate when strangers just start sparking (laughs) up conversations. I am not friendly. Do not talk to me. (laughs) So, maybe that could be one. Maybe I look friendly. And I just don't... It's not. I don't want to be talked to in spaces. I be thinking... Just always keep your headphones in. I've had people talk to me with my headphones in. And that's disrespectful. Like, at that point, you're, like, blatantly just disrespecting my space. (laughs)
1: Okay. So next is, my best friend is Blake.
0: I got two, and they're jokes. Wow. (laughs) They are. They're complete jokes, but they're also some of the most inspiring people I've ever, like, been around. Um, I'm very careful about who I spend my time with who I'm close with. So everyone who's close to me that I, like, consider myself close with, I look up to. Well, not necessarily look up to, but I I admire their work, their drive. Yeah, like... There's some aspect about them that I like. I wish I could incorporate into my life or I try to work. So all my friends are, all my close friends, all my best friends are, are inspiring. Hmm. Jokes. Inspiring jokes.
1: Best friend. First of all, my best friend is either my mom or my sister. I don't know if that's cheating or not, but it's them. <laughs> they are, I don't even know how to describe loyal. They're dedicated. They're passionate. They are spontaneous they're adventurous they're they, they're what I want to be so yeah Aww, don't what don't I
0: be. don't start don't start <laughs> mama mama finish yet it's here when she hear this <laughs> all right um next one I have zero patience for games
1: <clears throat> okay obviously someone's been playing you because you can't life game. has been
0: playing with me <clears throat>
1: oh my goodness i have zero patience for i'm trying to pick one
0: that's it like it's so much that's why i say games is just, just over just all-encompassing like <laughs> so i'm
1: cheating a little bit i have zero patience for lack of and then that little last portion is literally like a rotation of different words it's lack of effort <laughs> it's lack of thought It's lack of other people's patience. It's a lack of communication. Like, it's literally just lack of. I have zero patience for it. Um, ooh, lack
0: of follow-through. Yes, see? Um,
1: Just keep that last thing in a rotation. (coughs) Yeah.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. A big part of it, um, I don't... This is something that's recent, but I do not have the patience for not being text back. Especially if we're mid-conversation. So, like... (laughs) Lack of answers. (laughs) Just, like... It happens so often with like different artists that you're trying to work with. Yeah. Like tattoo artists, hairdressers. Text me back. I'm trying to spend money in your establishment. Text me back.
1: hmm Lack of it. consistency? <laughs> I'm telling you. It's just lack of. All right. So the last fill in the blank is I shouldn't share this. It's totally TMI. But blank.
0: My favorite space in my <laughs> in my house. Is my bathroom. I spend hours in my bathroom. Um, I don't know. I feel like af- everywhere, that's really the one spot. Like, I live by myself, so no one is ever really bothering me, but that's the one spot you cannot bother me. Like, people <laughs> in the general rule that is once I'm in the bathroom, you leave me alone. So I love being in the bathroom. Like, when I used to be home, back home, like my family, I would be in the bathroom forever and I would just be sitting there on my phone, on the toilet. Like, I just love being in the bathroom. Like, it just. It's, I just feel like I'm
1: <laughs> Okay. Um I don't know if this is TMI. It's kind of embarrassing. But um I also live alone and I'll randomly burst into song <laughs> walking through my and I don't even mean just like a little like hum or like a little like singing to myself. I'm literally putting on a full blown performance
0: <laughs> for you're a get... whole singer, so
1: No. <laughs> I can hold a tune I can carry my own oh she's um, lying I wouldn't call myself a singer but I literally will like I'll bust into song and literally be singing to whoever's listening I guess to my upso- uh, upstairs neighbor but I also will create <laughs> so you know you know how uh, Issa from uh, Insecure mm-hmm. she does her raps in the mirror so I can't rap, but I'll, I'll definitely be trying to freestyle. So, for example, when I first moved to Jacksonville, my first apartment here, there was a spider problem. I've never encountered spiders <laughs> like that before. Like, I'm, I'm kind of used to roaches, kind of, like to the point where I can kill them if I see, sort of, if I see them. But just replace like a roach crawling to a freaking fighter and the first time the first time i saw one i facetimed my friend and she was talking me through it it took me way too long to kill it i'm not gonna tell you how long it took it took way too long and there was a part where i was trying to hype myself up so i started rapping (laughs) i started rapping to myself i'm not telling you what i raps but um let's just say it could have been my first ep my first little single (laughs) but yeah that's that's what i do (laughs)
0: Listen, see, all you get all the tea. First episode. <laughs> if you're going to skip this episode, you're not going to know who we are. because You missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so something that we are going to do for the rest of our episodes, we're going to start each episode with a quote. And the ep- the quote is really going like, to kind of set the foundation for the episode. And a lot of things that we're going to talk about will be around this quote. We didn't start it this time that way because we wanted to like give you more about us. Um, but the quote for this episode is Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the full staircase by Martin Luther King Jr. And that's this quote because that the quote for this week, for this episode, because if you have not heard from this from our stories, faith has held us up. And honestly, I wouldn't even say that faith helped like for me at least, I wouldn't even say it helped. Faith fully helped me up because there were so many times where I was slow in faith, that I was so overcome with doubt that I didn't see faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. Mm-hmm. So just to believe that that there's something there and something will flourish. So whether it was with SOS, whether it's with our my personal life, whether raising royalty, this podcast, we recorded this podcast three times. Faith has played a big part of it, just because. I had to believe there's got to be something bigger, even when I don't see the next step. And that's just, that's been one of the most, just, I don't know, just encouraging and, and pushing thing for me. Like faith, even when it's weary, has helped me up.
1: When I think of this quote, I envision it as a painting being painted. So like within the painting, you can actually see the person painting it. And when they're painting it, steps are beginning to be revealed and they're beginning to be highlighted. But you can only see a few steps in front and a few steps behind. You can't see everything. And that's how we've been moving. Um, But even in those times where our faith may have been weary and doubt really was strong, I'm, I'm still in one of those moments right now, um, making a career change. But <laughs> I will say that those lower moments, those times where doubt is really heavy is a part of, that cycle of faith, because how can you say that you truly have faith in something, that you truly believe in something, if at some point you don't doubt it? Because once you doubt it, you have to really take that time to reaffirm your faith in something to continue it, because if you allow doubt to really overcome you, then you'll never achieve whatever it is that you're, that you're moving towards. But if you take the time to take a step back, reaffirm that, you know, like, I understand I may have these doubts. I may be confused. I may not fully understand where I'm going in its entirety. But as long as I keep moving, as long as I take that next step and take a step out on faith, then I'm going to reach it. And then you'll be able to achieve what whatever you set your mind to.
0: I was talking to my mom about, it was something. It was during the time we were struggling with SOS. And I was talking to her, you know, just trying to, my mom would be dropping nuggets and like she'd be giving me words. So I'd be needing them sometimes. And she told me, the work that we do with SOS is already paid for us. So even when we don't see anything, we continue to walk, and then God will pres- provide the steps for us. He will provide this, the, that next step for us as long as we continue to move forward. And that's she told me that in like 2018, like 17, 18, and I've held on to it because it's literally been confirmed, like that. It literally have been confirmation. Every time that we literally tried to stop or we didn't know what we was doing, we was given an answer. We were given that next step. So, we're going to keep moving.
1: We're going gonna, to... We have no choice we just, but we,
0: to. At this point, we ain't got no Right. I was like, <laughs> we tried to stop. We tried to stop. It ain't work. <laughs> so, um, no. we definitely got to keep moving. We definitely got to keep doing. Um, Jesus, hey. End with a word. Yes. <laughs>
1: Yes, but even if you, yourselves, you do not believe in God, if you believe in a higher power, if you believe in the universe, what you put out is what you're going to get back. And if you are living your life being timid, if you're living your life scared to really take that next move, ultimately you're going to become stagnant within your life. And some, I wish I could remember who told me this or what I watched, um, but it was explained to me that there's no such thing as truly being stagnant because us... Energy is always moving. It's always being transferred. So if you find yourself in a place of stagnation, you're ultimately regressing because you're not actively taking the steps to move forward. Um, So just remember that if you are trying to achieve something, if you are trying to heal from something, whatever the case may be, as long as you continue to move forward and you're taking steps to grow that 1% every single day, you're going to achieve it, even if it takes longer than you expect it to.
0: And even when you don't see it, yeah. especially when you don't see it, just keep moving forward. Well, about who we bless you? That was a blessing. <laughs> Man, that lasts a little bit. Yes. We always going to um have like answer questions. Like today, we answered a whole bunch of questions. And every podcast, we were going to like put out a question for you all, the audience, the followers, the subscribers to be able to answer. Um, Just again, for you to have that space to reflect as well. Mm-hmm. So this week for this episode, we want to ask you, what experience do you fall back on for reassurance to recharge your faith? Or what do you use in life or whatever to recharge or your faith or reassure your walk? So drop it in the comments, you know, DM us, let us know. We definitely we're definitely going to read, we're definitely going to interact, and because again, this is all about learning. And I hope you learned something from us this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey and being a part of everything that we do. And just it's just the beginning, but we love you and we feel it. Hey, God's in the room.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I, I really do hope that y'all learned more about us you're able to take something away from this conversation Um, but also I want to be able to learn from y'all when it comes to what you do to recharge your faith because that's something that that's a practice that I'm still trying to work on myself Um, so anything that you're able to share with us would be greatly appreciated know that we love y'all because this is our third time recording this episode
0: Uh so we must
1: love y'all but (laughs)
0: listen one for the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost the (laughs) perfect (laughs) trinity. You gotta get how to get it right
1: <laughs> yes but thank you so much for joining us and if there are no questions comments concerns all hearts and minds are clear all right y'all we will catch you on the next episode of higher unlearning peace I got I got my I got, I got.